Ever wanted a career in football? From TV deals to player transfers, football is now a global, multi-billion dollar industry in need of qualified professionals who know the sport inside and out. Brought to you by the Global Institute of Sport, the Masters of Football Business is delivered by experts from Australia and around the world. Learn online with unique access to networking and guest speaker events at the iconic MCG. Be one of the first Australians to get a football master's degree. Apply now to start in February 2022. Learn more at gis.sport.fnr. gis.sport.fnr. Victory looking to build. Barbarousas is quick. Is he in behind top or Stanley? It doesn't matter! Costa Barbarousas! Wow! Sam Kerr, now the highest all-time scorer in Australian national team history, men or women. Uh, She's added plenty to her tally against a couple of minnows on the Women's Asian Cup uh, circuit. 18-0 against Indonesia, found it tougher going against the Philippines, but she was the one who made the breakthrough. And uh, now Tim Cahill's record is no more. Sam Kerr, in the age of Kerr. There are plenty more to come for Sam Kerr. <laughs> I mean, a lazy five on uh, on Friday night. And then uh, the one to break the duck last night for the Matildas. But given her age, where she's playing, her fitness, her form, she's going to get close to 100, I reckon. She's mm. just an absolute superstar. She is indeed. Uh, but where she fits into the sort of team dynamic and how sustainable, you know, this is against better opposition. I'm not sure. Uh, I think in some ways, Sam Kerr is turning into kind of late career Tim Cahill for the Socceroos where we, you know, hit it to him and hoped because she's being relied on a lot uh, for her aerial ability, uh, which has been the standout thing to me in in these games is how reliant Australia has been off crosses and, and set pieces. Yes, interesting tactic-wise. I, I did notice, though, I only, I only watched the first half of the, the Indonesian game, mm-hmm. the 9-0 up, when she, she scored the first two in the first 10 minutes and they maintained that sort of um, that mm-hmm. rate throughout the game. But she was looking to distribute. She was looking to pass. She was looking to everyone else as well. She ended up with five mm-hmm. herself, but she was looking to push it off. So maybe she was trying something. But you're right, the first goal last night against the Philippines was that let's kick it, kick it to Kerr and see what happens. So, yeah. And that was much of the pattern in the first half. A very frustrating first half against a well-drilled Philippine side under Alan Stadjic, of course. All sorts of narratives coming into this game. And Stadjic apparently rested a few of his key players in uh, preparation for the third group match, which is, I guess, more important for the Philippines if they had to go through. Uh, But what concerned me uh, was Sam Kerr being just the target up top mm-hmm. and there being very little link between midfield and attack. We saw Emily Van Egmond play as the deepest midfielder once again, which I think has been proven time and again is not her best position. You know, she's such a uh, a precise player technically. Yep. She's so good when she strikes the ball, whether it's the final ball, the cross or the shot. I always want her in the final third just to execute essentially. Mm. And you need, I think you need somebody else uh, as the number six in the, in the big games for the Matildas will be proved more costly. I thought Claire Wheeler was great against yes, Indonesia, yep. um, you know, take it with a pinch of salt, but she seems to have more of the attributes I want from my defensive midfielder. Mm. 
Well, uh, yeah, I and mean, they're trying to get some chemistry together with um, Van Egbon and Kerr and Mary Fowler. You could see trying mm. to push the ball to each other a lot on um, on Friday night, the Indonesian game. Uh, we should talk about that too. I guess the the goal difference of eighteen is not going to count in the scheme of things too, because um, with India having to withdraw with COVID, I noticed that the game against the bottom team, the goal difference is not, or the points aren't going to count going yeah. through for the next round. So um, four 0 against the Philippines, the goal difference is still pretty good leading into the next game. Um, yeah, tactically wise, I'm I'm not sure, Josh. I really I really don't know. I didn't watch enough of it to give you a proper answer. I'm not gonna not gonna sort of fluff about and, and all right. Well, I'll soapbox then, <laughs> yeah, uh, Jason. Do it. I think Sam Kerr could be more uh, finely integrated into this lineup if we were to turn away from the idea of her always as the out and out striker. Actually, just just on that, really quickly, and they they threw Alana Kennedy forward halfway through the first half of the Indonesian game. <laughs> so very very Arnie ball like. Let's mm. kick it long, where your um your taller players against the smaller Asian defenders will head the ball home. So you know, mm. very um similar to what you're saying. You know, we look kick it to Harry Sutar's going to head the ball home against the smaller Asian opposition. It, it was very much a leaf out of that book. It looked like at the start when they when they swapped that around. And I also think the idea of, of Kerr as the out-and-out striker, I mean, yes, she obviously can play there and score a lot of goals, but is she always involved? Is she impacting the game against better opposition? They've been able to cut off the supply line to her too easily. Yep. And I would like to see, even if it's just a bit of rotation in the front three in the games, even if it's not a set position, mm. but Caitlin Ford can play as the nine as yep. more of a, I guess, a false nine, someone who can drop and... Uh, you know, play with her back to goal and play wall passes off to the midfielders. And some of the, you know, most prolific attackers in world football at the moment are actually wingers who cut inside. Yeah. And Sam Kerr has played there plenty of times in her career. If she can pick up the ball and run at defenders, if she's facing goal, she's devastating. If she's got her back to goal, you know, her best attribute, which is her speed, is completely negated. So that's why I think we could see a little bit more flexibility, a little bit more rotation amongst the front three. She's not getting into the game against Japan, for example. You know, she's a spectator up. She's Mm. in the pocket of one of their very good central defenders that they have uh, for Japan, which, you know, we're not going to get a sense of that against this kind of opposition. Uh, Then chuck her out in the wing, get her with the ball and get her to go 1v1 with the fullback. She's been devastating at club level for Chelsea, having someone next to her that's also mm. scoring goals and, and passing the ball to her and vice versa. Yes. So there is that, you need that Fran Kirby type for the Matildas. And you're right, they need to try and do that because she has been at her devastating best when she has someone who's just as capable of mm. putting the ball to each other. You know, I mean, she's very unselfish. That's how she plays. Um, sometimes you'd like her to, to take a few more shots when she's, when she's free. But I agree with you completely. We need a, we need a partner. Mm. for her to really get the best out of her, I think. Caitlin Ford's there and has been there for a long time. I don't know who else we tried. Does Mary Fowler go a little bit deeper and, and, and has that creativity and that, um, you know, powerful foot that maybe that she's the one that we need to, to put up the front? Yeah, I mean, Mary Fowler is the great hope. I don't know if even she knows what her best position is, but she's just got all these raw, like, raw, ridiculous, natural attributes uh, and just incredible first touch. She can turn and spot a player from... 30 metres away and pinpoint the pass. And then her goal at the end of that game, which was just an instinctive second ball to the top of the box, takes it first time and just the purest strike you can imagine into the bottom corner. It just, uh, you know, makes the hair in the back of your neck stand up sometimes when you see those little bits of magic from Mary Fowler. So if they can integrate her and, uh, I guess, 
give her a set position in the team where she feels comfortable and she knows where to go off the mm. ball, I think she can be devastating. Well, that's why I think last night's game, and, and, and to be fair, I only saw the second half, was when the younger players came on and mm. made a bit of a difference that they didn't actually do that in the first game. It was all, you know, are we showing our hand? I know they copped uh, um, Gustafsson copped a lot of criticism for hating starting his best 11 against mm. Indonesia and subbing them with his best subs and having all these tactics on display. So if um, if you're shrewd enough, if you're a Japan and you're watching that first game and going, right, these are these are who he thinks are their best players in their best positions because it wasn't really too much other than swapping mm. sort of Kennedy around with Wheeler. And then and then last night's there was different. You have that X factor like Fowler and these young players. It's probably why the soccer is Pictilio, the same thing. You know, they can they will surprise. They're not mm. all, you know, you can they will do something different. You know, they're not always going to be structured robots to to, to do what their their job is and they, they give you that X factor that's required. So, you know, I was more impressed with those substitutions rather than the ones I read about on Friday night, personally. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, McNamara looked very good coming mm. off the bench. He's had an unbelievable season for Melbourne City mm. and as uh, in the clearest definition of a bolter, her first W League or A League Women's sorry campaign, yep. she's straight into the <laughs> straight into the Matilda. She's played so well, which is great to see a player progress that quickly. Uh, Courtney Vine uh, has been doing it for a few seasons now, yep. and and looked comfortable at home at the level I thought. And Remy Seamson limited touches, but she she did well as well. I think you got to take sort of game state into account because they'd already made the breakthrough. Yep. If they were playing like that when it was still nil nil and the the Philippines still had that, uh, you know, chance of getting something out of the game. I think they maybe would have found it slightly tougher, but I'm encouraged to see a bit of a plan B. But will Gustavsson actually turn to these players when the chips are down in the semifinals in the final? Our Matildas, their strength's been probably the consistency. That all Most of our good players were thrown in at a young age mm. and developed and have come all the way through, you know. So many of these these players with almost 100 caps and they're not even 30. Like Look at Ellie Carpenter, right? She's, what, 21 or something? Yeah, she's been around for a long, long time. So um, we need to mix it up, I think, if we're going to make a difference because this core group have been amazing for us for a long time. And what have we got out of it? We've got some high rankings and, and the rest of it. If we want to get another trophy like an Asian Cup, maybe it's the difference. Maybe it's the next like, Women's World Cup, the rest of it. We need to start throwing these younger players in. Anyway. Maybe I've been slightly pessimistic, uh, but I will say the one big positive to come out of the game was Steph Catley's set-piece deliveries are mm-hmm. absolutely unbelievable. She just hits the edge of the six-yard box or the penalty spot every single time. Yep. And she's been killing it for Arsenal. A few free kicks from the edge of the box she's scored directly from. Uh, she's taking corners from both sides. Yep. I mean, that's a real weapon when you're playing in Asia. Uh, if the Matildas can develop a little bit more from open play, that would be nice too. Uh, Gustafsson was really crowing about how much they've worked on their corners. I never yep. thought that was the problem, but, you know, still, the set-piece delivery from Catley, absolutely spot on. So at least we've got that going for absolutely. us. Absolutely. She was play- close to player of the match yesterday mm. as well, from, from last night from what I understand. Yeah, yeah 100%. Um, the Stadjic discourse I take with a bit of a pinch of salt because I, I felt given he, when he's – his time in charge was lifting the Matildas, I guess, the physical level of the team, yep. the professionalism, driving the standards, demanding, I guess, uh, better resources from the governing body. Mm-hmm. In terms of the subtlety of the football that was played under Stadic, I don't think it was much different to what we're seeing now, to be honest. So no. I don't think it, I don't think the uh, situation would be hugely different if he'd, you know, if he'd never been sacked. Agree, and he is a good coach, and to have. 
um, to be nil all at halftime I mean, show, shows that that's probably yeah. a win for him. And to, he rested key players because he's focusing on the next group game. Mm. So resting key players against the best team in the group and still only managing to lose four nil is probably a good re- result. He probably would have taken before the game, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think you know credit where credit's due. But I still think that Stajic's uh, style and the way he coaches is better suited to underdog teams. Yeah. And the Matildas are sort of past that in yeah, their development. Correct. Yeah, it's not an us versus them at mm. all mentality. That's right. So all, all of the Matildas' best results and performances and best avenues to goal with him in charge came, you know, largely counter-attacking football. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't necessarily know where the team would have gone beyond that. And I, I, that's why I'm wondering whether Gustavsson is the right kind of coach because when we face against, you know, teams that are really well organized, sometimes we, we struggle when, we, when we're allowed to have the ball, I suppose. Well, so. his, his record is not too flash, but he has said, let's judge me on tournament football, right? So we made, yep. we made the bronze medal game in the Olympics. Um, we, if we don't make the final in the Asian Cup, that's when people will start coming because it's not too long till the Women's World Cup, you know, 2023. Mm. It's not a big lead up, so... Hopefully he gets it right for all this sake. It would be fantastic if we can lift some, another, this trophy again. All right. Well, we'll judge him on the big games then. Probably going too early to criticise a 4-0 win against the Philippines. <laughs> well, tw- 22 to 0 over the two <laughs> games. We've probably been a touch harsh. But They're we'll doing okay. okay. They're doing all right. right. Well, we've done our, our very best to cover for the absence of Pakua Frimpong at the station tonight. Give our women's football takes. Uh, rest assured, Radio Dub in all its glory will be back next week.